You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, welcome once again to Momentum. It is the show by men for men and a whole bunch of topics online that you can listen to already at MomentumAustralia.org. But uh, it's uh, Tim and Des with you once again for another show. Des, always a pleasure to have you here, my friend. Are you well? Yes, it's, it's good. I mean, we just love talking about men issues and it's, uh, it's such a privilege and a joy to be able to do it. And today we have yes. Richard Fay back with us again. And uh, we're delighted to have you, Richard. It's great to be back with you guys. Thank you. So Richard uh, is a counsellor. He's been a counsellor for many, many years. He's also uh, the former CEO and ambassador for the Centre for Men and Families Australia. You can check out Richard's uh, website after the show, richardfay.com.au. In the meantime, stay tuned because this man has so much that you can glean from and uh, we're going to try and tease some of that out of him over the next half an hour or so. And uh, the topic this week is another meaty one as it was last week. Again, if you missed it, you can hear that online at MomentumAustralia.org. Um, but we're going from Ephesians 5 in the Bible um, today, verse 23 to 33, and we won't read it all right now, but it's essentially under the, the banner of husbands love your wives. And Richard, I think this is perhaps one of the misunderstood or misquoted verses in the Bible over the years. Uh, and starting off with verse 23, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And there's a lot in that. So let's start unpacking some of that. Um, uh, firstly, I suppose, what are some bad examples <laughs> of this that you've seen over the years? <laughs> I just want to rewind this a couple of verses because you see what the translators have done and all the translators have done is they've added to Scripture and we don't even notice, but when it's added, we can uh, in, in imply or in, have it inferred that this is actually Scripture because if I go back to verse 21, it's submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And verse 22 is, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. But between those two verses, in my every Bible I own, and I have about seven different translations, it says wives and husbands. Mm. And so what that means is verse 21 is excluded from wives and husbands because the translators have assumed that we've got a shift in theme. But actually verse 21 in my own conviction, and in many people's conviction, belongs with this theme, submit to one another out of yeah. reverence for Christ. Mm. Otherwise, submission is one is only one way, and it can lead to the worst interpretations of this passage. That's the first thing I want to say. Second thing I want to say is that there are far more, there are three times as many verses about what the man has to do in this passage than what the woman has to do. And thirdly, I want to say, is that the most difficult thing is what a husband has to do is lay down his life for her as Christ laid down his life for the church. This mm. is a huge responsibility. I do not see in Jesus someone who forces others to submit to him. Yeah. He at no time does this. He actually does the opposite. He empowers everyone around him. He constantly gives his power away. Uh, I'll give you an example of this, and uh, because, of course, he never married, so we haven't got wives and husbands with, 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 with Jesus, but we do have the woman at the well. Now, the woman is a woman. Uh, Josephus, who was a first-century Jewish historian, said, thank God I wasn't born a woman. Now, that was the culture that Jesus came into the world in, and, and, and the woman at the well, not only is she a woman, she's not a Jew. 
And the Samaritans were so unclean that the 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 Jews would travel around Samaria so they wouldn't encounter them and become unclean themselves. And here mm. it is. And this woman, not only is she a woman and not a Jew, she's also a uh, she's also an adulterer. She's had several husbands, five husbands. And so, what does Jesus do? He asks her for water. What he's doing is empowering her. He's given dignity to her. He's given value and worth to her. He's acknowledging her humanity, and he's saying, I need your service. I need your support. I'm thirsty. Could you offer me something? He's engaging with her in dialogue. Of course, when the disciples come back, they're they're astounded this is happening. Now, I tell that story to go into this story. I could tell a lot of stories from the Gospels, but we are told to be like that to our wives. Hmm. We are told to engage with our wives, support our wives, love and serve our wives. And yes, the wife is invited to submit to that loving care. She's not invited to submit to punitive, heavy-handed, overruling, strong-arm tactics. That's not what Paul's saying. He's saying she'd submit to him in everything as he submits as he submits to Christ and serves her as Christ serves and laid down his life for the church. So that's what she's submitting to. That's so important is a correct understanding of this passage. Now, I can tell you there isn't a woman on the planet, I think, who would not submit to that. My wife has never had a problem submitting to me when I'm serving her needs, ever. Yeah. (laughs) It seems obvious, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. So c- can I then ask for clarification? So love as Christ loved the church. So when we talk about the laying down of the life, explain to a man, because that's, you know, uh, I suppose it's a sentence and it, it we kind of gives us an idea, but on a practical day-to-day level, Richard, what does that mean for a man? What does that actually look like? These are some of the things I've known is men can get grumpy. So uh, to get on and do it. So one of the things that we give men when I'm involved in work that initiates men into manhood, and one of the promises we give to men is life is hard. So a man who knows who he is in Christ and a man who is mature and adult doesn't grumble and moan and complain like a child. He gets up and gets on with the life. He takes responsibility for the things that he's responsible for. He doesn't go... That's an immature man. And if he expects his wife should submit to that, well, he's dreaming because she won't respect that. But where the man gets out of bed, and here's an example. I've, for 37 and a half years, I, my wife and I have a coffee at night. We have a decaf these days because it keeps us awake. <laughs> Who makes the coffee? I, I do. Yeah. Um, and it's a small way in which I daily remind myself. I open car doors. I walk on the curbside when I'm walking down the road. I would never let my wife go walking alone. If she had to travel from some place to home at night and she didn't have a car, I would go and pick her up. These are obvious things. I'm acknowledging that, that she needs to be safe and it's my responsibility to keep her safe. And it's also a joyous responsibility, even if I'm tired and I don't want to do it. I will yeah. still do it. We share a lot of the roles in the house. She'll bring in, in, in the garbage bins and take them out. She will uh, she will shop. I will shop. She will cook. I will cook. We share a lot of our roles. Um, the dishwasher, she unstacks, I stack. <laughs> We've worked some of this out. But when it comes to an awareness of risk and danger, 
I take the role of leadership. When it comes to the certain roles that are challenging or difficult for her, I'll take leadership. And I, when I say leadership, it's the role to serve her. I say, I've got this. It's okay, darling. You don't have to worry. I'm here for you. And I watch her relax then. Women love that. No woman's mm. going to say, you're not going to take over. Who do you think you are? No, they're going to say, thank you. Thank yeah. you for being there. Thank you for supporting me. Hmm. Now, of course, there are limitations to it. So when my children were little, I would get up to them in the night on weekends, change their nappy and bring them to my wife who would feed them. But during the week, she would know uh, I would be working a much longer work week than her and she would get up to them in the night. And then she could sleep during the day when they were asleep and they were, they were asleep and they were little. Now, that's just a logical thing. But I can tell you, on weekends, I would take on that responsibility and gladly and willingly. Mm. It's, uh, it, it is, you're right, it is worked out in the detail. What does this actually look like? My wife handles our finances and often the man should always handle the finances because he's afraid I'm providing, therefore I've got to control the finances. Well, these days, most mostly the husband and the wife are providing and who is the one better skilled, better equipped to handle finances? Well, my wife is great with detail. I'm not so good with detail. So she handles finances. Mm. And you would think that this is this. So there is a mutual submission here. It's mutual trust. Yeah, it's, it's mutual trust. Yeah. Trust is so central to this. Can I ask them, Richard? Because, I mean, what you're painting here sounds lovely. And, you know, for Des and I who have failed marriages behind us, we're like, oh, wow, I wish I had this information 20 years ago. But for, for men listening who, who are listening to, to how you guys run your life together and this mutual trust and submission that you both have, um, and they don't have that. They're like, this is so far removed from my experience, right? So you guys, obviously, you've been married a long time and you've, you've figured this stuff out. But for men who perhaps are coming into marriage and struggling with this, or they've been in a marriage for a number of years and don't have what you have, how can they either start to learn this stuff or how can they start to undo, to redo, so that what they've got is more of a mirror of what you're saying your relationship is as opposed to something that they've got which might look a little more dysfunctional? Uh, this is a great question, Timothy, because here comes the an agent of love or an example of love that we men sometimes neglect. And it's that innovative, creative energy or urge in how we serve. Now, you know about love languages and acts of service is only one of the love languages, but there are lots of ways in which we can express this. And so a man who is still involved. So often the woman is left to come up with all the ideas where we have a holiday, whether we're going to go out for a picnic, uh, let's go boating, let's go to the beach, uh, whatever it is, the woman has to come up with the ideas. So I'm asking men to start being creative at how they intervene in the everyday of life and show up and surprise their wives or partners with their presence. Uh, I remember when I took my wife to see the moon rise and she, over the ocean, she'd never seen it. And uh, this first 
a slither of moon appears. There has to be a late moon because otherwise it's daylight still. And this sliver of moon arises over the over the. That's if you can see the ocean to the west. If you're in the in the east, if you're in the west, you, you don't see it rise over the ocean. Um, but that was a that was a creative moment which we'd still tell stories about. I want men to start to be hopeful because you can get stuck believing nothing will work. And then if it doesn't work, you do something like, for example, you make your wife breakfast in bed. There's an example. Yeah. And uh, she just gets on with the day and you think it didn't matter. So ask yourself, did you do it for her or did you, did you do it for yourself? Mm. You see, if you made breakfast in bed for her, but you did it for yourself because it felt good to serve her, whether she acknowledges it or not, then you're motivated to do it again. Yeah. Because the first time she may not respond, the first time she may not respond because she goes, he just wants to get lucky. <laughs> and you know what I mean by that. <laughs> and so she thinks this is just manipulating her into saying yes, when actual fact, she he might need to do it a few times without any response because if he doesn't get lucky, he might go, well, she didn't care, it didn't matter. And then his motivation was her response, not his heart motivation. Wow. That's where his headship comes into place. Yeah. That's where his headship comes into place is I'm not doing this. Jesus didn't die on the cross for me because I'd respond to it. Because if that were the case, he would never have done it. If I look at the state of the world, he did it because it was in his heart to do it because it was his father's heart. He was doing what he saw his father doing. And so he laid down his life for you and for me because that is the heart of God for us. That must be the heart, our heart for our, our wives in marriage because when we do that, it will work. Maybe not the first time, maybe not even the second, but you keep showing up and doing those acts of love. It might be sending, putting a post-it note on the toaster. I've gone to work but I love the way you smile. It, and, and yes, you can use my ideas if you want. <laughs> it, it might be really small stuff. It might be, I know my wife is going to have a hard day today, so I'm going to ring her mother to uh, offer to come and help. And, you know, the mother may not even say, oh, you know, John rang me and said you might need some help. She just might show up. But you know your wife had an easier day because she showed up. Hmm. And it's really small stuff like that. I'm not making a big name for myself. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm not trying to get lucky. I'm using that word. I am simply doing this because it's in my heart to love you. And I only have that responsibility. The outcome is not my job. That's yes. between God and my wife. The input is my responsibility. What am hmm. I doing? What am hmm. I choosing to do? Yes, and you're, do you're doing it as a motive to please her and to honour her. And to serve her, as opposed to doing it, as you said, so you yes. get lucky. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. uh, it, yeah. it changes the whole paradigm, doesn't it? It, it gives you, um, it's it's a, it's about serving and serving and serving. Leadership is a similar sort of concept in terms of you're serving others for a joint outcome rather yes. than your own best interests. Mm. Yes, and and of course I am talking about agape love, and yeah. it is the it is the centrifugal force of a healthy marriage and healthy uh, husband who is going to see. And, and all I can say is after, and, and I, and I want to add to this, while I might sound like I'm this great husband, marriage is the hardest thing I've ever done. Marriage is the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's the best thing yeah. I've ever done. 
Yeah. And there are times where I had to walk out of the house. There are times where I go, this isn't fair. I don't want to do this. I should, it, sh- it shouldn't be this hard. Why won't she listen to me? I've got a right. And I hear those parts of me start to go, oh, how dare she? And I, and I listen to them. I don't say them out loud. I get away from her, listen to them and wrestle with them. And then I ask myself, what's going on for her? In other words, I go to the best in her. Now, of course, it doesn't mean I open myself up to abuse. I don't, you know, let her attack me and and belittle me and humiliate me and shame me. Like if if uh, she said, my wife has never said this, but if a wife said, you're just like your father, which is often a trigger for men, you're just like your father. At, at that point, a man's response is normally they feel humiliated. If a man can step away at that time, and then come back and say, when you say I'm like my my father, it grieves me because my own relationship with my father was difficult. And, of course, she uses words carelessly. And that brings the mend when she, he's able to share, this was what I experienced. See the headship of that? Uh, the headship would is not, how dare you say I'm like my father or how dare you attack my father, one or the other. Mm. Uh, whereas whereas the, the spacious response is, that hurts because I feel, one, you dishonor my father and, two, you dishonor me and you say I'm a man of no respect or no regard. I imagine you're hurting when you say that, hurting a lot, mm. and you're using whatever tools you can so that you you are not going to lose this battle. Or I'm walking away and you feel abandoned by me. Is that what happens? I'm walking away t- to get safe because I don't feel safe. I'm not abandoning you. Mm. Oh, that's an important thing for a man to say to a woman. We are going to take a short break and come back and continue this conversation. We're talking uh, about the topic of husbands love your wives. Richard, when we come back, the, the other part of the scripture that I want to really delve into is wives respect your husbands. And so I want to come back and talk about that in just a moment. You are listening to Momentum. We're going to be back with Richard Fay in just a moment. Stay tuned. Thanks for hanging around. This is Momentum with Tim and Des, part two. We are talking to Richard Fay, our special guest this week, about uh, the topic of husbands love your wives, taking it straight out of Ephesians 5, verse 23 and 33. Um, the other part of that is, does wives respect your husbands? Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting to have that conversation about, you know, husbands and what they need to do uh, and the role they play in that relationship. Uh, but it's interesting to talk about that the other side of that coin, and it's wives respect their husbands, and what does that mean? So, Richard, give us your thoughts on what that actually means. As the church submits itself to Christ, and so we use reading the word, prayer, worship, gathering together, these things are how we submit to Christ. We share the good news with those around us. We provide hospitality. There are hundreds of ways with our money. There are hundreds of ways in which we express this. And so in marriage, it is this recognition of trust and respect. What men want so much is respect. What women want so much is love. And sometimes we're waiting for the other person. You, you Women will be amazed at how a man will love his wife if he feels respected by her. Now, if he's act, acting in a way that's disrespectful, say, I want to respect you. I want to respect you. And these are the ways in which I struggle to respect you. 
if though they change, I will give you my respect. Yeah. Watch how quickly he will adjust because he craves it. It's built into him to crave it. So th- that would be the most obvious way in which I would say a, a woman, if you want, and, and I, I don't know a woman, a wife who doesn't want uh, a safe, good, loving marriage, but is waiting for his her husband to do something. Well, then initiate it, start it. You have an opportunity right here. If there is reason why you can't respect your husband, identify it, but do it in such a way that he can hear it and see it for himself. Sometimes, you know, if you do it, I, I could never respect you for the way you do that is not going to help. Yes. Right. Mm. You could say, if you did this, oh, how easy it would be to respect you. See, you've gone to the positive, not yeah. the negative. Yeah. You've invited him in rather than pushed him away. Yeah. That's great. Richard, can I can I ask for for a uh, understanding then for, for us as men, but also for for ladies who might be listening right now? What does respect actually do for a man when he feels respected? What does that actually do for him? A man walks tall. He man walks straight. He, a man then has dignity in his actions. I'll, I'll give you a sense how I am in public, how I am in private, where I am, the decisions I make. I'm always tethered to the people who I love and who respect me and care for me. Uh, so I'll give you an example. A man who knows his wife respects him is far less likely to go look at porn. Yeah. Mm. Because he knows that he brings not just disrespect on himself, but he, dis- he disrespects the respect his wife is giving him. And that challenges him. He's now connected. You see, what porn is actually about is it's, a, it's not about addiction. It's about disconnection. Poor, a man always looks at porn when he's on his own. And so if he's connected to his wife, which he hears, oh, how many times does my wife say to me, I am so blessed to have you as a husband. Well, why would I ever look at porn? What a stupid man I'd be. <laughs> I'd, I'd be the stupidest of men. But a man who's lonely and disconnected and feels disrespected is prone. I'm not saying there's an excuse, ever an excuse, because a man is responsible for his own actions, mm. always. So don't think, oh, mm. I'm saying that the woman is the reason, the, the woman not respecting the man is the reason he's, not, he's looking at porn. No, he's responsible for that. However, mm. if you want to encourage and safeguard any of that kind of behavior of him eyeing off other women in the shopping mall or being flirtatious or any of that kind of behavior, well, simply by being the woman who respects him or invites him into a relationship where she can respect him, guess what? It's going to happen. That's great. Yeah, he's, going, he's going to be the man that you can respect. It, it's, it's as if it's uh, you, you imagine it within yourself. For a woman who's listening to this, imagine your husband as a respectful man. If you can't do that, well, there's, that's your challenge. That's not his challenge. That's yours. Because that's your work to do. If you can imagine it, then you can invite him into that space because you can show him what it looks like. So is that the mm. same sort of advice you would give to somebody who, you know, who has a marriage that's failing, marriage that, that they don't have that trust and they don't have that I- intimacy in a nice and a to- wholesome sense? Um, and you know, is that some, is that advice you would give them? Oh, okay, so I'll go back to headship, and this is where where that marriage is falling apart. And often, if the marriage is falling apart, and the woman is more aware of it, or aware of it earlier than the man, not always, but often, um, to obviously see a, an expert, see someone yes. who's going to help them. Because once it gets starts to unravel, 
once we start to think about the exit door, an exit strategy, well, before that gets too far, you will end up closing off, ending a marriage, and sometimes regret doing so, sometimes, because you never sought professional help. So yes. I just say seek professional help. But if a man is listening to this and he's aware the relationship is not running on all cylinders, then you take the initiative. Tell First say to your wife, don't, don't just make an appointment without your wife. Say to your <laughs> wife, I think we'd really benefit, not our marriage needs help. Say, I think we'd really mm. benefit from a third party who's trained to help us. I think it'd be wonderful. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a great marriage? I don't think you're having any fun in this. I know I'm not when we fight. It's no fun at all. Oh, gosh, I don't want this to keep going. For our children's sake, most especially, yeah. if that's the starting place. Now, it's never the primary motivator to keep a marriage good, but it can save a marriage when it's bad. Mm. That's good um, but can I mm. say that my, the most important thing when marriage is good is don't focus on the children entirely. Yeah. Focus on one another primarily because your children are secured by your loving one another. Richard, before we wrap up the show, we're running out of time, but there's one thing that I really just want to leave the guys with today. We've been talking about husbands love your wives. We've talked about wives respect your husbands. There's another part of the scripture that says each, each one must love his wife as he loves himself. So I just want to... Th- Leave this as a final thought for guys. What happens in this whole scenario when we don't love ourselves well or at all and our perhaps perception of ourselves and what love is is skewed? Yes. So there's a very big difference between indulge and love. Mm. So a man who indulges himself, that's narcissistic. He will eat garbage. He won't exercise uh, his grooming goes out the, the door. He doesn't care what he says or how he says it. He doesn't uh, look after his house, his home. He he's uh, he's sloppy with his work. That's a man who's not loving himself. A man, see, see dignity and, and respect starts with ourselves. It's funny, you know, when Jesus said um, uh, the second commandment is to love your neighbour as yourselves. Mm. Mm. This is so important that we care for ourselves. It, it seems it's implicit here in the Bible because no one hates their own body, Paul says. Well, it seems that we live in a world where men do hate their own bodies. Mm. They think their bodies are bad and there's something wrong with them. And to care for our bodies is such a dignifying act in all the ways I just explained. And if I'm doing that, and, and also self-talk, you idiot, you are such an idiot. You're such a loser. No one would respect you. If those scripts are running in your head, challenge them. Mm. Who gets to say who you are? I'm not enough. Maybe it was a mother or a father or both when you were little that told you, you know, you'll never amount to anything or you're not, you're just such an idiot. Get out of my space. So you're a waste of time and space. Any of those things, stop crying and give you something to cry about. Any of those things. (laughs) See, even a man weeping or crying, he can honor that. I honor my pain. That's not a humiliation. That's a place for me to love myself. Any of those ways in which we once or have judged or shamed ourselves for being ourselves and thought that's not a man you're you're a man because you say you are i am a man i'm not necessarily the same as every other man i'm me but because i'm me and because i'm male i'm blessed by god because i'm on this planet at this time chosen by god to be here 
I matter. God says mm. I matter. It's mm. about time I started saying I matter in every aspect of my life. And and I'm not eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm not saying being angry is bad or being sad is bad. No, both of them belong. But what do I do with those energies? Yeah. Do I t- steer them towards life or not? These are so mm. important yeah. in every aspect of our life. How do we carry ourselves? Is it kindly, gently, affirmingly, challengingly? Or do we judge, criticize, or become lazy, indulgent, all of those things? There has been so much in today's episode. I uh, would encourage you to go back and have a listen. And also the previous episode, too, that we did with Richard Fay. Um, MomentumAustralia.org is where you can hear that. You can check out the podcast as well. And if you'd like to find out more about our special guest, Richard Fay, he has his own uh, website, richardfay.com.au. A man with so much wisdom and so much knowledge. And Richard, we just thank you so much for what you've shared over the last couple of weeks. There's been so much in there that men can go back and listen to and start applying to their life and hopefully see change, uh, good change in their relationships and their life overall. Richard Fay, thank you for being a part of Momentum, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Wonderful being with you, Gopo. Thank you. And so we wrap up the show once again. Again, MomentumAustralia.org, the website. You can find out more about Momentum. You can check out previous episodes of the show. And if you'd like to uh, donate a few dollars to keep Momentum on the air, we'd love to have your support and really appreciate that. MomentumAustralia.org. Tim and Des signing off. Des, really appreciate it, man. Thanks for being here, my friend. Yeah, it's been great. We look forward to catching you next time right here on Momentum. You take care. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.